Welcome to The Motivated Mind, where I challenge you to expand your perspective on how to achieve a successful life through motivational lessons, reflections, and interviews with other motivated minds. What is up? Welcome to episode 226. Thanks so much for listening. It means so much to me. If I brought you any value, please be sure to leave a review and hit that subscribe button. Don't be a stranger. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. Let me know what you want to hear more of and please be sure to share the podcast. I'm truly grateful for your support. Thank you. Almost 500 of you are part of my Facebook group, motivated minds. And for some time, I felt as if something was missing. Direct real-time interactions, limiting the ability to create a true community, a place where each of you can interact with each other and myself real-time. So I'm changing that. Each of you are officially invited to my free Discord group, Motivated Minds. This will replace the current Facebook group and create a platform to bring this podcast community together in real time. It will enable me to interact with each of you real time for more in-depth conversations. To kick off this new Discord group, I'm doing a giveaway. I'm giving away a five-minute journal and a productivity planner bundle worth $53 from Intelligent Change. Here's what you need to do to enter. Click the link in my show notes to join the Discord group. Drop into one of the channels and introduce yourself. Who are you and what you're looking to get out of this community? That's it. This giveaway will be ending July 15th, so make sure to enter. See you all in the group. Today we have another special guest that joins the pod, Isa Watson. Isa is an expert in the human connection space, named one of Inc.'s 30 Under 30, as well as a top 100 female entrepreneur of 2020, and one of the 100 MIT alumni in tech in 2021. Isa is a physical scientist turned social scientist. She built Squad, the next generation social platform, enabling people to easily deepen their close friendships. Isa is one of the highest fundraising black women in America, having raised over $7 million from top Silicon Valley investors for Squad. Isa and I dive into why we need to break our social media dependency, elevating our self-awareness around the impact that social media has on us, contextualizing what we're seeing on social media, falling into comparison traps creating deeper engagement and connections with our friends, creating healthy habits around our social media consumption, and lastly, the one rule. I hope you all enjoy our conversation. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts 
are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like it's allowed me to be more creative because I've been able to simplify the admin aspect of my podcast and focus on developing more valuable and creative content. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Individuals such as yourself, it's so fascinating to me. High successful career in corporate America, right? JP Morgan Chase. And then you transition out of that world, especially coming from your background. My jaws hit my my girlfriend actually just finished her master's and uh the other weekend. And I'm looking at your background, Cornell, MIT. I'm like, holy crap. Um, there's just a it's a huge list. So for you, what was that click to say? okay, the corporate world isn't so much for me and my superpowers could probably be applied in a different category to create bigger impact in this world. What what was that that shift for you in your mind? You know, Sky, I always tell people that entrepreneurship is very personal um, and it, it was an amalgamation of all the things that were going on in my life at the time. So, you know, foundationally, I grew up in this like very big Caribbean family where my parents were just like such strong kind of community leaders and really cultivated connections so strongly throughout our community. It was actually really interesting to watch as a child. At the same time, I was at J.P. Morgan um, you know, doing very well, kind of skyrocketing in my career at the at the time. But I was like, I'm making you guys extra billions of dollars every year. And there are actual problems out in the world that need to be solved. But more importantly, and more specifically, Scott, um, you know, my my parents sponsored a bus trip for kids to visit colleges every year. And one year when I was at J.P. Morgan, that bus ran off a straight road, flipped over and ejected both my parents out the front window. And my dad didn't survive that. And it was in that moment where it was like, despite the thousands of friends I had on Facebook, despite the thousands of followers I had on Twitter or Instagram before I got off and got back on or whatever, that was the loneliest I had ever felt in my life. And at the same time, there was a shift in social media where I had really gone from, you know, oh, I want to connect with people to like, oh, I'm actually creating my personal brand and making this a content platform and forging kind of disconnection. And so with that shift and and, and with social media growing and my own personal experiences and just my my underarching foundational desire to use my talents to, to do something that was so much more impactful that was the that was the turning point for me of leaving JP Morgan to start squad um which you know in one sentence is a, a social platform that makes it fun and easy for you to connect every day with your close friends um as opposed to you know trying to see what lebron's doing trying to see what kim kardashian is up to etc I love that. I love that. Well, congrats on on the launch and just squad in general. I, I love the concept and I'm sorry to hear about your father. It seems like you really used that event to propel you to create larger impact and that's that's priceless. So congrats mm-hmm. on that. And 
I talk a lot on this podcast about social media because I actually I started this back in October of 2018 because I got a text that changed my life and it was that my best friend had been shot and I thought that okay he's he's kind of an avid hunter maybe it was an accidental discharge or something and unfortunately I'm receiving this text through another best friend he had said no you know Tim has shot himself and in that moment so much emotion came over me from many different places. And I spent almost two years really chewing away at myself as to how did I not see someone's pain and 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 all of these different things. And I, I finally came to the epiphany that what I needed to do was create a platform to help others get to an elevation, a place where they can actually leverage their superpower. Cause so many people are just in the dugout and they haven't even gotten the field yet. And so that's really what I've, what I've set out to do. And so engaging with individuals that have such a story and a history and, and creating impact out there is a very special and privileged and opportunity to be able to engage in this conversation. And I talk about social media a lot because actually my friend, he spent a significant amount of time looking at highlight reels like many of us in in the world and it's unfortunate that what is it? i mean you probably know this fact more so than i do but the average person spends two and a half hours a day on social media that blows my mind and it's i'm even more I'm, now yeah it's even more it's creeping up to like three hours and it just kind of keeps going you know up and up I'm I'm sure TikTok has uh has helped that. And 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 I'm a big proponent that I don't think and 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 feel free to to chime in here that social media is a bad thing. Human behavior has always been human behavior. It's just amplifying the habits that we have as humans in general. Mm-hmm. But I'm really curious um what what can we do to kind of define this balance and ensure that we're actually spending the appropriate amount of time, one, on social media, but number two, how do we actually look at different avenues, better avenues for these dopamine hips? Because it's an addiction. I actually have a book, How to Create an Addicting App, right over here on the shelf. And mm-hmm. they've done a really good job at creating those those platforms. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's you know, creating better habits is is one thing, but the first thing that we have to understand ahead of that is how to elevate our self-awareness of the impact that social media has on us and how to contextualize the information that we're seeing on social media. So for example, um, you know, people, you use the word highlight reels, which I love. People are generally almost always posting their highlight reels on social media. So they're you're posting their gloomy vacations. They're posting their pregnancies that got pregnant on the first try. They're posting their weddings. They're posting their promotions. They're not posting the fact that they got Passover promotion for promotion. They're not posting the fact that they had a miscarriage or that they got a divorce, right? And so we as humans have so many, we're so multidimensional. We have so many aspects to our lives. And some of our, like part of our life is messy. Like it's not... There are things that we go through that aren't very enjoyable. But the thing about it is that, you know, with social media, that self-awareness is important because we cannot get caught up into these comparison traps of comparing our whole selves and our messy lives to someone's highlight reel. So that's the first step, like just making sure 
that you have awareness around the comparison traps that you fall into yourself because you're right. I don't think social media is all bad. Like there are some enjoyable parts of it, right? Um, but the reality is that, you know, it's not the whole story. And so when you talk about what are some um, better habits, you know, one of the things that I love to tell people you know, as it pertains to how to engage with social media, um, is really around how you kind of fit it in around your day. Uh, Dr. Brene Brown, who's one of my favorite, favorite psychologists, she says, um, she says, you know, we, we, we live so much in a place of scarcity. So the first thing we think about when we go to bed is, man, I didn't get enough done. The first thing we think about when we wake up in the morning is, man, I didn't get enough sleep. And with that, you know, I always encourage people, don't sleep with your phone next to you. Take an hour between social media and going to bed and an hour off social media after you wake up. Because if you're in that scarce, scarcity mindset, seeing what like Bob and Susie and John and Billy are doing on social media flexing is not going to help you get out of that scarcity mindset. And so I think from a habit perspective, that's one of them. But, you know, lastly, that dopamine hit really comes from solid friendships. You know, connection and belonging is one of the fundamental needs of humans. And you'd be surprised to know that 22% of millennials say they have no friends. 27% of millennials say they don't have any close friends. You know, we scroll, 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 but we neglect our real life relationships. And so, you know, I think that social media is fine, but make sure it's just a, a snippet of your life and that you're actually living your life in real life and off social media and investing in your friendships and, and having fun with your friends. That's where, you know, the big dopamine hits come from. Uh, that's so spot on. I, I, I see it even just sitting with, with family, right? Uh, a movie on or a show and then an ad comes on and what's the first thing most people do they pick up their phone right mm -hmm. in the middle of the ad just to get that little that hit once again to go and to go back on social media and you said something i think on twitter that this like doom scrolling on feeds or timelines and you're like man i, I just wish we could fucking get rid of this because it is so useless and I think that you have built a habit from just the outside looking in of not going on your 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 timeline. And I know that something big that you share on Twitter is kind of shower thoughts, which is amazing, by the way, because a shower is my th my thinking incubator. Like it is the thing that helps me gear up for the day. But I love that you've built that around your life as a as a habit or a way that you're using the tool. And it's funny, my dad had this thing. When I was younger, he said, you know, and he didn't make it up, but use the right tool for the job. And it's funny because in part of that, there's like dot, 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 you can figure out a better way to use a tool. And I think that's what we're, we're, what we're partially talking about here. I have time limits on all of my social media apps. So the most that I can use uh, Facebook in a day is 10 minutes. And I think this is very challenging from a lot of content creators that I engage with because, well, their whole business is set up around creating content on social media platforms. And it's like, yes, but you can create this content ahead of time and schedule it out. So you're not engaging in useless feed or information and being very thoughtful of how is this going to impact my life? And so I use social media in a very educational source. If I'm, I think you use your TikTok for cooking, right? So I use my TikTok for a broad spectrum of things, as long as I'm getting in 
information and knowledge, not sitting there and looking at funny videos. It's not really doing anything for me in the moment. And I think a, a lot of us can really frame, well, social media is a tool, but how do I use it to actually help my life as, as opposed to taking away from my life? And one of the things too, I'll say is that uh, with TikTok in particular, not IG, not Twitter, not Facebook and the others, but with TikTok in particular, we always think about the time that we spent on TikTok as competing with Instagram, but actually it's emerging more to compete with Hulu and Netflix and the streamers, right? From that entertainment perspective. So if you do use TikTok for entertainment, that's fine, but just make sure you know that's cannibalizing from your Hulu and your Disney Plus hours, allocated hours, et cetera. Um, but I, I think you're I think you're spot on, you know, and I think that you've developed a self-awareness, it seems, where you're like, you know what, I want to use it to extract information. Um, you know, and and quite frankly, the one thing that I, I preach, you know, just in general is this whole concept of balance, right? And I think that, you know, limiting a time um to be on social media in a day saying, this is what I want to get from it. That's very disciplined. I do feel like not everyone has that same level of discipline. Um, so it, it could be something like, hey, I'm actually going to spend X amount of hours a week. And maybe it's a little bit more on the weekends when I have more time for entertainment or not, or, you know, vice versa. But the way that you can actually build kind of um, a framework and, and a construct to, to engage um can, can look a variety of ways. But the one thing that I'll say, you know, is that it's very, very important for people to make sure that they are tapping into that self-awareness of how social media makes you feel. If you, if scrolling through TikTok, you leave and you feel sad and you feel like you're, you know, you want to be a cocoon, maybe that's not the best place for you. I, I, in just the last week, I have had three really good friends tell me that they're going through very, big depression cycles. And they're just like, and I've just been doom scrolling to manage my depression. And I'm like, well, that's not managing it, boo. Like that's, that's not managing it. You're, you're actually kind of probably amplifying and, and adding to it. And so I, I think that, you know, there's this, that self-awareness is really important. But the last thing I'll say too, is that there was a really interesting study done at UPenn um, on kind of the, the intersection of social media and mental health. And the study revealed that the optimal amount of time that a person should spend on social media and, and still be happy and still have solid, you know, mental health is 30 minutes a day. Interesting. 30 minutes a day. That was, they, they, they tried it with like, you know, obviously 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours, et cetera. And that optimal time where people were the happiest in their own lives was 30 minutes a day. Very interesting. So that's a that's a, a combination of social media in general, because I know we we the term social media is kind of loosely kind of thrown around. But so that's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, just collectively all of those together. 30 minutes a day is kind of optimal for ensuring that you're still feel like you're part of a community or interacting with individuals, but that you're ensuring that you're still living life and enjoying real life out of this digital world. Yep. Very interesting. And that, that would be a hard cut off for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's spot on. And, and back to your point earlier about self-discipline. Yeah. It, it's 
a lot of people struggle with that. Mm -hmm. But I think when you start to understand what it's actually doing, and you said this just a moment ago, it's this escapism or masking other things in our lives. And that's the thing that, you know, unfortunately and unfortunately, the way that I learned it was through my friend's death and reevaluating my life. And I know this sounds very odd and, and maybe we're similar in this regard that traumatic events can be used as opportunities to reevaluate life and impact and turn it into a, a absolutely beautiful experience. And that's, I think, an opportunity where I said, man, am I actually using this to escape from life or am I using this to amplify my life? Because if the answer is that I'm using it to escape, that means that I'm not identifying and solving with myself the things that I don't want to face. And therefore, how do I ever overcome those things if I continue to just run away? And I've I've interacted with a, a lot of millennials in, in our generation, and that is something that I hear so often. Well, it's scary to deal with that, or I'm fearful to deal with that. And I think that COVID it accelerated this need to look for a community or be part of something through this digital world. And I think you said you said something a while ago on Twitter. I know I, I'm I'm going all the way back in your feed, uh, just looking for information. And one of the things that you had said was, I think that COVID accelerated this struggle for most people, uh, social anxiety and ability to interact with each other. And I have seen that too as well. And I think that beyond before COVID, that Delta was starting to grow of people that were struggling with that social aspect and communicating, which is correct me if I'm wrong, one of the main goals of Squad is that, well, this is a this is a way to actually interact, not just merely go to a feed and scroll down. This is a way to actually interact with another human being in a one-on-one way. And I just see this as becoming more and more prevalent for people nowadays, especially younger generation. You know, when you say people are using the tool as escapism, that's completely spot on, right? And one of the, one of the things that my mother used to always say to me, she said, Isa, look at when you try to put a mirror in front of somebody to make them look at themselves, how many people just run away? You know, wow. we don't want to face our own crap, like, you know? Um, and so I think social media gives us that outlet to do so and to actually make us even feel more bad about ourselves. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the Brazilian butt lift, which is that, you know, procedure where they take the fat from like your stomach, your waist, make your waist smaller and put it in your butt, make it more round. Those have gone up like 5X in the last like few years just from Instagram. And so, um, you know, there's all of that. But to your point about, you know, connection, how you use social media, the one thing I think that most people don't know is that social media follows this rule called the one nine ninety rule. And have you heard of this, Scott? No, no. Educate me. The one nine ninety rule uh, dictates that one percent of social media users are the vast majority of content creators on the platform. So m- the most of the content is coming from that one percent. 
9% of social media users are the light engagers. So I'm going to retweet, repost, share to my story, whatever the case is. They lightly engage, but they're not creating any content. But 90% of social media users are lurkers. They don't post. They don't um, share anything. They just consume. And so when you think about that, you think about the fact that 90%, that's hundreds of millions of people aren't participating in a platform, how does that work? Like I, we live in the US, right? And I say, if, if, if 90% of us were like, oh, we just are gonna pay our taxes this year, I'm sure the IRS will have a really big problem with that, right? <laughs> yeah. and, so, and so the one thing that I always say, one thing that we, we our, our main thesis was five is that we were like, you know, you, you may not create content or not feel comfortable creating content like the vast majority of people who actually scroll on social media, but you still need to connect with people because you're human, right? And so with Squad, it, we we built this list really, really participatory. Like I have a brother who says nothing in the family group chat. Like he may, he may put an LOL in there once a quarter, but he talks to me on Squad every single day because it's built for him to actually engage and connect with the people as opposed to consume content and create content. So content platforms versus connection platforms, that's a huge disti- distinction that's actually kind of emerging in social. It's mind-blowing to me, but also not surprising in a way in that uh, that's fascinating because I've – so I get a, a good amount of DMs from from my listeners. And if I were to put a, a percentage on it, I would say about 5% of the people that engage – and this is I, I'm speaking uh, um, on Instagram right now. Were will say something like I was hesitant to reach out to you, or man, I've been writing this DM and erasing it, or delaying on send it to you, or it's been sitting in my drafts. There's an immense amount of hesitation to actually engage with people, even in the social world. And I like to think I'm a pretty friendly individual, and I and I always tell my listeners, reach out, engage with me, because I do this for you. I create content for you. But I've noticed as humans. We devour a lot and content is one of them. Actually, I just beefed up this year dropping two episodes a week and it takes a lot of work, as I'm sure you know, to to do that. And people just gobble it up within, you know, less than a day or will binge listen to, to episodes, which I'm grateful for. But yeah, there's this huge sense of hesitation from people to engage even in the DMs, which is surprising and not because so many people are actually really open to having a conversation even if you think someone's really like famous or popular okay yeah they might not they might not respond to your dm but what's the hurt in just engaging with people and this is why i lean into vulnerability on my podcast a a lot i talk about my parents divorce and what that trauma did without having a father figure from a younger age because i want people to understand and be comfortable that it's okay being it's okay being uncomfortable in your own skin and being vulnerable there's nothing wrong with that that is that is being a human at the core of how we function as a species and without that vulnerability and not preaching or speaking or highlighting that vulnerability, then how is how as a society do we make people feel comfortable about talking earlier what you're saying about, you know, their miscarriage or going through a divorce or depression or those things? Because if we vocalize this stuff instead of, hey, I just, you know, did this crazy accomplishment or got this beautiful piece of material item sitting at home, then we create an environment where 
people feel it's a safe space to actually talk about those things and be vulnerable. And I feel this is this is really a big mission. Uh, I know for myself, but so many other people that they're trying to to vocalize. Um, and so can I can I just yeah. make one point? Yeah. I mean, because you you just really hit it on the head. Um, I know I brought up Brene Brown <laughs> again before, but uh, she she has this amazing quote that I love that's really important here. Vulnerability is the risk we must take if we want to experience connection. And I want to repeat that just one more time. She says, vulnerability is the risk we must take if we want to experience connection. So when you talk about people who are afraid to DM you and everything like that, it's our 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 culture and societal, you know, attitude around failure. We don't talk about it. We like Einstein, Barack Obama got slaughtered in a congressional run before he ran for Senate and president. No one talks about that. Right. And so to your point about vulnerability, I think you're spot on. Mm. It's so I've, I've said, I've shared this on the podcast, but I don't know if you've heard of this. I believe it's a rule with Pixar. So Pixar has this, I don't know if it's an unspoken rule or something that they have somewhere, but it says that the main character does not need to succeed, but he or she needs to try. And so many people rally behind the individual that merely tries, not if the individual wins or loses. And I've sat with that and thought about that for quite some time. And it makes perfect sense because that is what connects us to your point, especially thank you for sharing that quote of other individuals, we feel this authenticity and realism that I know some brands are trying to push out there, but some of them are falling flat on their face because they're just merely showing face. But there's so much authenticity between being real. And I've, I've had people reach out to me and go, I, you know, I was struggling with, you know, thinking about suicide or these other things and listening to your podcast and hearing your story allowed me to one, reach into the confidence bucket and reach out to you, but two, really evaluate and reflect on my life and what to be grateful for. And now daily I practice gratitude or I have a gratitude journal now. And, and those things are truly beautiful. And, and when you do share it, this is this compounded effect in life that I think is absolutely remarkable when we get to this place of vulnerability. But you're so right. It is a risk that we take. But once you do take the risk, you realize that it's not as bad as you built it up in your head, which I, I it could be said for 99% of things that we encounter in our life. We do a really good job of building stories in our head. So like skydiving. Like yes, skydiving. like skydiving. Great, great, <laughs> great example. Great example. Um, uh, aside from these boundaries that we that we talked about earlier, how do we inspire ourselves to look for other sources of engagement? Is it just taking this leap and and engaging with someone and then building upon that, and saying, "Okay, this wasn't so bad." Is this you know, uh, building a community ourselves or joining a community? How do we how do we inspire ourselves to look outside of just this reliance on social media to fulfill uh, what we think is a void, but really it's just masking all of these other things? You know, there's so many platforms that we use for discovery purposes. So, hey, let me go oh, this is this knitting group or this new mom's group or this like skateboarding group that I want to join, whatever it may be. But the reality is that the relative amount of time that we spend discovering, because that is kind of what's really made easy 
to do is way too much relative to the time that we spend actually deepening. And so let's say shortly after my dad died, a handful of years ago, um, I I was like, there's something off about my friendship circle. I felt like I was doing too much broad, low connection, you know, minimal depth type of connections and not enough really solid connections. So I kind of, I, I, I did... I threw out 70% of my my wardrobe, my closet last week. I like, I actually did some spring cleaning with my friendship circle. And, you know, it made me think about, in particular, like, who are the people who actually bring me joy? Who are the people who, like, when I'm finished talking to them, I feel great? Who makes me feel seen and heard? I think oftentimes people, they assume that friendships are just kind of like, just these passive things. And whereas like your romantic relationship you invest in, but friendships actually have to be invested in too, if you want to, you know, reap the emotional, mental benefits, et cetera. And so for me, I always encourage people, who are the two friends who you feel like you haven't really chatted with in a long time? Like, let's work on engaging those friendships and those relationships you know, make make sure you're having a phone call like twice a week, even if you're just walking from the subway being like, yo, what's up? I wanted to hear your voice. This week was crazy. What's up with you? Like, you know, whatever the case is. Or, you know, my, my best friend from college, her daughter is my goddaughter. And I make sure I go down to Houston, Texas in the middle of nowhere every twice a year <laughs> just to make sure I see her and engage with her. Right. And so um, I think that, you know, that investment is actually super important and, and figuring out who we want to deepen with as opposed to over-indexing on these discovery platforms. Because at the end of the day, what's happening is that you and on these discovery things, I'm going to meet all these new people going to engage in all these new communities. You're putting out all this fuel and you're not getting put back into. Whereas when you have a friendship, you know, that's actually bi-directional, you know, and that's not to say some of the people from those groups cannot become friends, but it's not going to happen in a one-to-many type of ratio. It's going to happen in a one-on-one. Oh, hey, Rebecca, this was a really good conversation. Like, let's grab, you know, a coffee next week. We'll love to chat more. Let's, grab, let's go to dinner and build on it from there. And so I, I I really do think that people have to invest in the deepening portion as opposed to the kind of discovery portion. And quite frankly, social media has made us feel like the discovery portion is more important because, oh, I'm out I'm here at this party with like this, you know, famous person over here. Oh, you know, you get social cred for being in photos with certain people. But for me, I realized I really don't give a crap. Like the people, the famous people I know and I'm friends with, like they're never on my social media because it's just not something I want to be defined by. Like who's on my social media are like my closest friends. Mm. You, this is, this is so good. This is the the juicy part in my opinion, because I feel that we, a lot of real life behaviors are taken for the likes to be had on the back end, rather than taking real life experiences or action or creating behaviors in real life predicated off of pure individual happiness. And there's something that I've said on this podcast quite a bit that the exchange, the currency in life is not cash or a monetary system. It is the exchange of value. And so I have spent years really filtering out my community to ask, 
okay, what am I going to give to this other individual and what will I receive for this other individual? And I think a lot of people look at that and go, oh, that sounds kind of like selfish or kind of businessy or something. And it's like, no, that's, that's a very fair request because to your point, whether it be in your intimate life or just merely with a, a friend, either one, you're giving something and you're also receiving something. And that's not to say that it's this perfect scale, that it's 50-50. Some days, just like you, your friends struggle and you need to jump in and you need to give 70%. And they may only be able to give you 30%. But I think the important piece is that we realize that exchange and really lean into that and look for that. But that that's so interesting that you use this or you you drew this world of just consuming and and discovery and loading on more. And how ironic is it that when we do that, now our time goes from this and it shrinks down substantially and we go, well, I don't have any time to hang out with my friends. And it's like, well, if you didn't spend two, almost three hours a day on social media, maybe you could call your grandmother. Maybe you would have the time to call and reconnect with a friend from college or in high school. And so I've built this habit that anytime I'm driving, if I'm not listening to a podcast, I'm calling a colleague, a friend, or a family member because 30 minutes, an hour behind the wheel, what else am I doing aside from, of course, ensuring that I get, get to the destination safely, but finding these opportunities, these moments in our life where we can use, utilize that time to the best of our ability so that we can give and look to receive. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how we've built some of these traits and behaviors as a as a species. But I I I applaud companies such as Squad looking to build a different type of social media. And it's funny because social the the communicating with people, but yet that's not what most people are doing on those platforms, as you highlighted today. Um, well, this was great. Where can people? You're coming out with a book next. Was it next uh, spring? Yeah, next spring. Next spring. Um, mm -hmm. Have you titled it yet? I'm curious. If you don't want to give away, that's fine. Uh, I think I'm not supposed to give away the title. Okay, it you're just, fine. You're, it you're, just, yeah. No, you're 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 good. <laughs> I, I'm 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 very curious to read that book. You're gonna love it, by the way. Um, you're gonna love it. I'm gonna be, I'll email you um, when we release the title, but you're uh, gonna love it. Good. I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out. Anybody that I bring on the podcast, especially just fascinating individuals that uh, with quite a story, um, I always want to peek in their head by reading their book a little more. Um, where can people find squad? Where can people follow you? Yeah. So everything squad related, our handles across all platforms and the website is with your squad.com. Um, so that's on Twitter, IG, the website, you can go download the app. Um, and then for me, I'm Isa, Isa D Watson, um, across everything except on TikTok. I'm Isa D Watson underscore BK. Because somebody else is Isa D. Watson. So. <laughs> um, awesome. I I'm extremely grateful that you took the time today. I know it's a it's a holiday, so thank you for taking the 45 minutes out of your day to to share your knowledge. Thanks for listening to The Motivated Mind with your host, Scott Lynch. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into why you need to break your social media dependency with Isa Watson. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at the motivated underscore mind and on Facebook at the motivated mind podcast. Don't forget to join me every Monday and Thursday for new episodes. I love you all and thanks so much for listening. The Motivated Mind is a legacy division.